podcast where we talk about things with one super special guest every week. Just sit back, relax, and hear us speak on This Is Happening, the podcast. Hello, welcome to This Is Happening. This is your host, Nathan Streifel. And this is Eric Morris. Welcome! Welcome! So glad you're here listening. Thanks for joining us. Today, we have the distinct pleasure of being joined by Tito Soto. Tito is a fascinating person. Sorry to cut you off. He's a he's a performer, a roller coaster designer, a creative director of a visual arts company. Is that a good way to describe it? Yeah. They make music videos and other visual medium for clients. And he he hosts events and nightlife. He's very big here in the LA. Um, nightlife scene especially in the growing gay downtown LA nightlife scene and also super sexy smoking <laughs> hot crazy hot outfits on performs and just gives life um, so he welcome does. he gives he gives life so Tito welcome <laughs> Hi guys, thank you so much yeah. for that introduction. <laughs> it's all downhill from there. <laughs> You're from Puerto Rico, right? Yes, born and raised. Yeah. I, even though I, I may not look like it. Maybe maybe now because I just came from the beach and I'm feeling a little bit more tan. <laughs> <laughs> when did like, you leave Puerto Rico to move um, here? Um, I Once I graduated from high school, I moved to New York. Uh, we're, to, uh, we're in Ithaca. Ithaca and where in Puerto Rico were you raised? Uh, San Juan. Is that the capital? Uh, Yes. I basically, I lived in this little area called Isla Verde, Mm -hmm. which is a section of uh, this uh, section, this this town, uh, Carolina. Mm -hmm. Isla Um, Verde? Isla Verde, yeah. It's like literally next door to the airport. The Green Island? Is that what it means? Yeah, Green Island, yeah. Yeah. But But it's not an island. No, no, it's just like an area. It's basically the big, right after you leave San Juan onto Carolina, uh-huh. um, it's like right the, the first thing that you encounter. Oh, okay. And then the airport is, which they call the San Juan International Airport, but it's mm-hmm. actually in Carolina. No. Uh, but, it, it, but they're so <laughs> close. San Juan is the most, more recognizable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's literally like so, so close to San Juan that it basically, it all feels like San Juan. Right. Um, Puerto and Rico is beautiful. Does your family still live Yes. Uh, stunning. And yes, my family still lives there. And you know. they were, they survived the hurricane. Yeah, what's up with that? Um, or not to put your family on You know, it's been an interesting time. I think uh, the, the hurricane definitely, you know, I don't, um, and I guess we're already going into history here, but I don't really have much of a relationship with my family. Mm, um, yeah. Except for my grandmother. Oh, okay. um, she's kind of like the only person that I've been able to still talk to constantly during my week. Does that um, have to do with sexuality? Or? Yes, yes, 100%. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I feel like my family was a little bit more um, open-minded uh, and a little bit more free yeah. until I came out. And I think all of that shame and the confusion made them go backwards and then they ended up becoming a lot more religious and they mm. like I think my mom is a minister now or this oh she's super heavily involved in the church now right um my my they're like going to church all the time it's so weird I feel I feel like it that was a part of my of my family's life there mm-hmm. were I remember going to church a lot when I was 
younger, but not like every week. It was it wasn't. It just had. It was a part. It was some. Part it was like of it. a. It was like an, a little experience that, but yeah. it didn't feel like it. Like it, it enveloped it, the life. It or or they like. I know exactly what you mean. I my yeah. Family's I really relate to that. Certainly an aspect. Not the, not so much the religious aspect, but um, my you know my parents are um, you know liberal. You know had gay friends. Um, you know, seemed like they would be very accepting people, but I knew that they wouldn't be. And then when I did come out to them, and I waited until I was like t- about to turn 27 mm-hmm. and about to move to LA, um, they reacted really horribly. And yeah. um, you know, it was and it was because like they 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 were fine with like gay friends, but they didn't want a gay son. You know, and um, yeah, I, f- I, f- I feel like that it, there's a certain amount of. Um, hypocrisy that comes with um, the way that at least my parents even to this day talk about how they associate with gay people because they'll be like you know I'll have arguments with them I mean we barely speak but mm-hmm. every, I because of this hurricane um, yeah it's brought you together in a it's not way. really brought us together but I had to check in with them yeah. specifically for my grandma because I couldn't get a hold of my grandma oh right so I was like they were kind of like the way that I could find out about her mm-hmm. so it kind of like forced us to talk uh, in a in a in a way yeah and it, that led to discussions and you know it reminded me that they're kind of like still in the same place it's just you know, they're like, my, I think my dad mentioned that his boss is gay and, and then he's fine with it. But I'm like, well, are, are you ready to support, like, the fight for my rights? Are you ready to, like, actually yeah. celebrate who I am the way that I'm celebrated in, in downtown LA? You know, are you, are you, do you really support everything that I do? Or are you saying that you can be, that you can go to dinner with me and maybe, I don't know, talk about the weather, you know? Yes. Because I don't really like... It's a really good question. I don't really like... Um, I think having to hide yourself. I I I don't like an in between. I don't like a gray area. You know, I I totally hear you. I feel like with um, certain members of my family, there is uh, disconnect and things that we don't talk about, and uh, it it makes it a little hard. You know. What was your father's response? What did he say? Was Um, he able to answer that question regarding? Because that well, because when you said like. Does that mean that you're ready to well, celebrate me, or are we, oh, yeah. are we just going to ignore it? They're they're it? not ready yeah. to celebrate. No, yeah. basically, he said no. You know, yeah. and, um, and it's it's something I knew. I knew that that it's it's weird because like in a way, I feel like everything that I stand for and fight for and that I present towards like my audience and the people that follow me and the people mm-hmm. that that see what I do is that. I am very proud of being unapologetically gay. Right. And I like to put it in your face. And I like to make it, like, so blatant and so flamboyant and so extra in some ways that other people feel more comfortable letting a part of their extraness come out. You know, like, a part of, like... You know, I have people, like, after shows, they'll, like, come over to me and be like, you know, I just wish I was as fearless as you are. And I'm like... You can totally be that. Like, you can totally go back in your closet and find that glittery shirt that you want to wear and, like, put it... You know, that's the kind of shit that I like to inspire. So, for me to, like, 
go and try yeah. to like talk to my no. family and, and and like tone it down for them it you feels betraying who it you are it feels like i'm betraying everything that i'm speaking about and and or everything that, are, that i'm speaking about through my performances because that's kind of like how i really express myself at the end of the day more right. than words more than like any other social media it's really through my performances that i feel like i talk to people absolutely so i love that that's very cool. That's cool that your grandma, um, like, you have a relationship with her because sometimes in those older generations, it's even more of a disconnect and kind of even more difficult. My yeah, grandma I mean, just clapped at me on Instagram. She always is criticizing my art, and I'm like, Grandma, <laughs> stop. <laughs> I get that you have your beliefs, but, like, I'm not trying to get you to change your spirituality. Don't try to, like, influence mine or affect mine. Yeah, she's clearly sensitive about religion. So. Yeah, and people think that they have this moral authority, and they don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just think that they have a superiority on what's right and what's wrong. And no, it's a very warped, you know, morality, you know. I mean, I, I just, you know, I remember, I, I hope he's not listening to this, and, and I'm sure he's not, but, you know, um, I remember when my dad said something like, you know, to me about like, you know, uh, you know, you're gay and you're gonna, you're gonna miss the whole point of, of life, which is having children and, um, and raising children and, and bringing them up. And, and I was like, well, one, I could have children. So that's really irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And this is a long time ago. Um, and, and two, I said, I think you're missing the point of parenthood, which is <laughs> unconditional love. Yeah. Like, why yeah. are you putting all these conditions on the love? Like, and how I do you love know what you. life's about. You don't know what life is supposed to be. Well, I mean, I don't want to discount, you know, like his longer experience sure. or whatever, but, sure. but, you know, I'm just like, you know, I don't, I don't think you've got what maybe you should have gotten out of what it is to be a parent. Like, yeah. it, like if you don't love your children unconditionally and are just happy for them to be happy, then I think you're doing it wrong. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like I resented a lot. One of the, my biggest issues with my whole coming out process, I mean, it was a, my coming out process was, like, extremely traumatic. You know, there were a lot of instances that were fucking crazy. I was woken up by a priest one day. And oh, my God. I, like, I was like, oh I came, because I, after I came out, I knew that staying at my play at my parents place wasn't really gonna fly because even though how old were you um hold up like how old are you 2011 i'm 2018 i'm 26 six years ago you came out in 2011 2011 yeah, yeah. seven yeah. years seven years so you were 21 so you were 19 21 20. 20. clearly we're not a math podcast <laughs> 2018 but oh my god I can't believe it's seven years ago I don't think so I can't 20, fucking believe it you were 21 it. when you came out That's no I'm 26 now which means oh, I was 26, like 19, 19. Yeah. 19, 19 I mean you're so young uh, yeah Tito you've done so much I <laughs> I remember well, I, I used to be like a, like the thing is that uh, really my <laughs> my own. Is that mine? That is yours. <laughs> 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 I'm just blowing up. Oh, it's my grandma. No, it's not. <laughs> Turn that off. Sorry about that. Continue. Sorry. The thing is that I, my, when I uh, 
was growing up, I was like a full blown. <laughs> it was not mine. It was yours, no, Aaron. Mine doesn't the make computer. That sound. Okay, was, I don't know. Okay, whose is it? I don't know. It's not mine. I promise. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna remove all electronic devices. <laughs> That's fucking funny. <laughs> we can cut this, or we'll leave it in. Um, <laughs> but um. <sighs> <laughs> Um, what yeah. were we saying? Um, so, well, so oh, 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 I said you've done so much. After you, you you're woken well, up by a priest after you came. Right, home. right. Um, at like 19. Hold on, let, let me get there. Because now I'm, now I'm like, we were just talking about shit. That was another question that we were just, that you just said it. You've done so much. Oh, it was that. Oh, I was just about to say that I was like a full-blown nerd when I was like growing up. Oh, so what were you okay. into? Just academics? Or? I, it was strictly academics. Like, yeah. my dad, my dad, by the way, was, like, the coolest guy ever. Like, mm-hmm. he was a surfer his whole life. He, he, you know, he, like, made his own business. He, like, had his own, like, car dealer. He was, like, known by everybody in the business. He was a major hit. Um, but then the recession, like fucking killed mm. the car business oh, um, right. and it actually ended up happening that whole thing ended up happening at the same time that my coming out happened mm. and at the same time that my coming out happened my grandma got divorced and at the same time my grandfather my grandfather from my mother's side passed mm. in a very delicate situation so it was a it was just like literally every a lot of trauma at once. Every single thing that could have happened to her family, like, happened within, like, a couple of years. Yeah. So it was a mess. Like, it was a total mess. And in a way, you know, and that's around the time that, like, you know, I was, I had to stay. Um, it's, the computer. Computer. it's the computer. How do we turn that off? I don't know. We'll turn the Wi-Fi off. There we go. Okay. Sorry about that, Tito. That's fine. Um, it was around that time that, like, I had to stay at my grandma's house during my winter breaks or with a friend or with, like, my ex-boyfriend back then because I didn't, I couldn't stay at my place, right? And then one day I was... Was it because you got kicked out or something? Um, I came out on my birthday thinking that I could somehow soften the blow a little, like... Hey, you gotta be nice to me today. Hey, I'm gay, but you still gotta be nice to me. You know? <laughs> Where's my birthday cake? Yeah. You know? Like, I, I actually, I, it was through my phone. I, like, I, I called my mom because I was at, in school. It was, was this like, in New York? This was, in yeah. I, I went to school for architecture at Cornell. Gotcha, uh, gotcha, gotcha. And then I was, like, so, you know, I, I had reached a point where, like, I needed to come out. And I was like, it's my birthday. I'm just gonna do it. I feel like I had my my then boyfriend on like Skype with me because mm-hmm. he like, I had a boyfriend in, in like the city, and I remember that was just such a, like just her uh-huh. reaction was so hard for me to take. Um, it was just fucking crazy. I, I, I it's know. so traumatic. I mean, I just like it was such an explosion of drama when I came out, like just crying, screaming, rending. I mean, it, and I did it like right before I moved to LA, knowing that like. This is gonna fuck things up, and I just want to get a country between us. You know, I. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Literally, uh, like I, 
the the thing that people don't realize that know the people that know me now I mean I don't think the audiences know about who I was before I became a performer right. you know mm-hmm. and before I became a performer I was pretty much total opposite like like I said earlier like I was I grew up a super ultra nerd um, I guess in a way I wanted to be different from my dad and my dad was all about sports and surf and like all the all that kind of stuff and I just wanted to like be the brainiac of the family and like the best in, at that in a way and I always wanted to be the best at what I'm doing at the time in, in some way you know and then like when I was um, in high school I was so devoted to just like acing everything that I could and like doing extra projects getting extra curricular credits on everything doing like a, I was like international Puerto Rico spelling bee champ. I was like, <laughs> Damn. Sci- I was literally, I came in third, like at the international science fair competition in Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, over wow. a project that uh, I like toured all over Puerto Rico. That's so It's cool. fucking crazy. Like this, sh- but it's, it's so, so much for really- your parents to be proud of. Oh yeah. Right. And I was, I feel you. You know, and I've, re- I've read um, interviews where you talked about really admiringly of your dad and said how he um, introduced you to Freddie Mercury yeah. and Bohemian Rhapsody. And so there was a certain, like, aspect of him that appreciated, like, this flamboyant, you know, artist, queen, you know. Yeah, um, he, I just, I wish, I wish I could tap into that um, side of him again, you know. To me, it's, um, I, I, I. He literally, my car rides to and from, or mostly to school, my mom would pick me up, but my car rides to school were either listening to Queen or Journey or Kiss mm-hmm. or any of those kind of like iconic 80s rock, Elton, John, yeah. he, he literally, or George Michael, he literally introdu- introduced me to all of it. Like, I can't tell you how many times we like played Another One Bites the Dust while we were like washing the car you know mm-hmm. um like on a sunday or like mm. on a boat you know shit like that so like those memories of me are like super special and like in a way when i perform i really feel like i am channeling that those times how of my life feel. Yeah, yeah how it made me feel totally. like when i perform i feel like you know i i remember my dad kind of like in the car singing to the songs and just like holding his fist up and like literally like embodying that energy and like I kind of try to channel that and I feel like it's my own way of keeping some kind of contact with him Mm, through my own psychological way I think and that's a great um, place to get kind of energy and uh, yeah yeah yeah, and yeah kind of a vibrancy and an idea behind what you're doing too yeah that's a, awesome. a lot of those songs are so heavily packed with emotion i mean that's why i like them mm-hmm. they're not just rock songs they're not just like they're like stadium opera like bohemian rhapsody specifically it just like i could do that, perf- that performance anywhere and it transforms the whole room into like a stadium yeah that you know uh, that performance of queen you know at live aid i think it was in 1986 Mm -hmm. um i'm old enough to have seen that i was 16 at the time yeah um and in a in a band and so inspired you know, by them and Do you guys him. ever gonna make more music, Eric? Um, <laughs> I would love to. I sing. I mean, I would love to make more music. Um, 
we did a little performance of my band, The Stingrays, at one of our <laughs> weddings. You know, oh because, my gosh, like, so God, yeah. Because, like, the guy that was uh, the, the other singer in the band was getting married, and he had all his other bands there, and they had planned to perform. And I was like, what about The Stingrays, Andy? You know, we were in it for years, mm-hmm. and we didn't... So, like, we just got together in his, his parents' kitchen, and figured out one of our songs <laughs> from when that. we were like 10 that. we were like 10 to 16 or 17 or whatever when we did that anyway wow. anyway um, that live aid performance but that was... yeah freddie mercury and just like the way he commanded a stadium you know and just he's i mean stunning 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 performer and i can see why you'd be inspired by him and your stuff is reminiscent of him i think you really mm-hmm. do justice to that thank you thank you i i i feel like i you know, I feel like through what I do, I just try to, like, reintroduce people to that kind of performance or that yeah. kind of performer. I feel like other, because there's a lot of drag queens out there, they, they can do a lot of female numbers. But then, mm-hmm. you know, I wish I saw more of these Freddie, George, Michael, Elton John moments. And that's kind of what I like to totally. bring Very to the table. Very few people doing it. I think what you're doing is really interesting. I mean, uh, you know, there must have been, there must be performers in other cities or other times that, you know, done stuff like this, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, it's so, because of RuPaul's Drag Race and, and just the, yeah. the culture of gay clubs right now, it's so inundated with drag queens, which is fun. I love going to see a good drag queen performance. Mm-hmm. But you're doing something different, which is like this flamboyant male, you know, drag performance art or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Whatever you want to call it. I don't, that, 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 cause I honestly. Orgasmic. I don't. <laughs> but to, but to mix in for like club owners, like to mix like a performance of yeah, yours. Yeah, it really. It's really I smart because like a different that male energy is going to really amp up a gay crowd you know mm-hmm. it's like they're like yes we, we love, love the drag, drag queens, queens but show us some let's, male let's be a sexy too. man a sexy guy you know like doing something yes. really innovative and creative and like i remember seeing like maybe it was on social media i don't know um mm-hmm. Where you posted this thing of uh, of from dear Evan Hansen wave, yeah. waving through a window, uh, yeah. But you did a maybe red, a red line. line, yeah. Um, uh, I, I loved that one. I love that you were like referencing, uh, you know, a, a musical, you know, and it so it wasn't like a pop song. Mm-hmm. Um, and you seem to do that a lot. Like you mm-hmm. do a lot of stuff from. Um, Moulin Rouge and mm-hmm. you know and other stuff which is yeah. and you were listening yeah. to a musical I think when uh, you were parking I think <laughs> yes I was yes oh my god I've been so into Suddenly Seymour from yes, the show right. I love it I love it I love me too I love that song and so yeah. it happens to me too like I recently saw you know our, our friend Pickle was performing and sang Out Tonight from Rent and uh, yes. I've just I've been playing that and singing it nonstop, like in the mm. shower. You know? Same girl. I'm <laughs> such a I'm such a musical. Like there's specific musicals that I was like so obsessed with when I was growing up. Mine was Into the Woods. Oh really? Like, back to front, oh, cover wow. to cover, everywhere. I love. How, that. Did you start doing drag in LA or not drag? Did you start performing in LA? Yes, performing. Yeah. So you had not performed at all. There had been no like. Um, no. You didn't you do in, performative like, arts. You didn't do music. Or, I wanted to so badly. That is I, so funny. I I my whole life I've 
this is another part that I like resented about my parents. Like, I wish they would have seen like. All right, let me. Like you let me. Kind of I, 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 I'm gonna give you. A, I'm gonna give you a little quick story. Like when I was growing up, <laughs> the quickest and best kind of vacation for our family that fit what we like to do was going to Disney World because it was a three-hour flight, not too crazy expensive. You just saved up for it, yeah. you know, for a bit, and, and all of a sudden you had like this fucking insane, amazing um, vacation. And we all loved going to the parks. And we, as a family, we bonded over that. We loved going to Disney World. And I would come back, and I, there's this show called Fantasmic. I don't know if you've oh, seen, seen the one in Disneyland. Disneyland, yeah. There's one in Disney World that's like twice as big with like a huge mountain instead of like the little cabin, and it's it's like a stadium theater. That's amazing. Um, and it's even grander. And I would come back from my Disney trips, and I would um, come straight to see my grandma because I hadn't seen my grandma in two weeks, and it was like too much for me to handle. So I I would go go to her. <laughs> And I would literally, out of cardboard, fog machines, and and radios, and, and and my little sister, I would, like, dress her up in all my in princess costumes. I would recreate, like, parades, and I would recreate Fantasmic for my grandma. Oh, my God. And it was, like... That's the cutest sweet. thing. I and love it. it. Love and that. it's literally... I look at it, and it's, like, you're doing right now and getting paid the same sh- the same shit that you were doing f- for your grandma basically because right. <laughs> it's like it's all everything that I do now it's the same thing making shit out of cardboard and a bunch of effects and lighting and plus a bunch of Disney shit you've got the Mickey Mouse ears on lockdown that's it but that was the only place that you felt comfortable to do that like you didn't yes. take that into school and say like I'm gonna you know, audition for the musical or, you know, whatever. Yeah, that you're so different than so many performers that we have on because a lot of them are like, I started singing at six and tapped at no, seven. Oh my God. I wish. I Every moment that I could do something like that, I would and I would fucking like be like, I'm going to fucking do this. And, I, and it was like, it would, so our classes, like every year would have a, like a Christmas decoration competition. So, like, I would always want to be, like, one of the people that's, like, leading that. Because we would literally transform the whole floor from, like, top to bottom covered in decorations made out of, like, cardboard and, and crafts and everything, a bunch mm-hmm. of shit that we did. So, I would get super into that, and it was, like, my creative moment of the year, basically. Right. <laughs> and, or... Whenever there were like competitions between classes for like a talent show, I remember choreographing "Be Our Guest," <laughs> and, 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 and I was I was Lumiere. Uh, Lumiere, yeah, yeah. how cute! I was in beauty, but that's pretty much it. That was it. And then once I went to college, I didn't really, I really did not have a single chance to perform anywhere there. And so, our, our, I think you were in architecture. Architecture yeah, is like, creative, but it didn't fulfill a kind of a performative quality oh my god no i went into i this is another part that i hate about like growing up and not knowing what the fuck to do and then being forced into like picking picking something so quick because like i'm like well i love art and i love science back then back when they were like architecture and i was like well i'm gonna combine them and make them architecture yeah Yeah. you know and it's like i loved architecture for the first year i loved it Mm -hmm. i went in with the same attitude that i was in high school like just ready to fucking like Yep. Do it all. Um, And then second year, I liked it a little less. And then third year, I was like, I don't really like this. Um, And then that's when I started 
like shooting videos to the on the side i started kind of like getting more familiar with like creating fashion film work i helped out some kids we like became a team and we uh started cornell's first fashion magazine the thread which is still running by the way which is pretty cool that's amazing yeah so that's when I started kind of like tapping. So you started like shout out to the thread, layout of magazines, right. of creative directing, creative directing photo shoots, creative directing fashion films, music sure. videos. Um, which is all what you're doing now. Which is all what I like to do for Ash and Bone now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and this and is all Lady Gaga's fault, by the way. Oh my God, I love. How is it, Lady Gaga? This Gaga's is my fault. life. Because um, literally, that. I will say, I saw her. Perform born this way. No, it's before that. I I like by the time the just born dance. this way was around, I was a super fan already. <laughs> um, no, I saw her do just dance on Miss Universe, and I was like, "Who the fuck is this girl? She mm-hmm. looks odd." And for some reason, I connected her with like Lady Sovereign, the rapper. Yes. And I was yes, like, yes. "Is this like her new reinvention?" And then I t- paying it, didn't pay attention. And then Poker Free Poker Face showed up, and it was like cute, and I was into it. And then she did paparazzi at the VMAs. Oh my god, bled. that performance iconic. And she bled. Uh, and she like gets hung. And I'm like, I want to perform. That's so cool. That was such and a groundbreaking moment for her. My moment. I got so into her with Bad Romance. And then, but the thing is, when Bad Romance came out, yeah. then I was like, I want to shoot videos. And yeah, it literally she, yeah. was like what made me do both things. After remember, that, do you remember done. that poker face video acoustic her on the piano yeah. in like that Dutch with that Dutch audience or something? I remember I saw that and that's when I was like, this so girl good. is legit. So so that like totally inspired you to start. She inspired me start? to perform. She inspired me to do music videos and to come out. That's amazing. Literally to come out. It was like I just it, it I started I went to the Monster Ball. Did you go mm. to the Monster Ball? No. Oh my god. I went to Art Pop. It literally, I sort of got, the Monster Ball felt like some kind of religious, like the, like, like gay religious kind of moment for me. Where'd you see it? I saw it at Madison Square Garden. Amazing. Amazing. I I came, I was doing a Cornell summer course, because I wanted to get some courses like out of the way for my, for my year. So I just stayed at Cornell for the summer, right? And then I came to, I remember... I remember getting on the bus at one in the morning and going straight from the bus to Madison Square and planted my ass there at seven, 6.50. And I was there from 6.50 till the show started. 6.50 in the morning. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that is so funny. Yeah. Hardcore. Fucking crazy. Yeah. And Wait, why were you there? <laughs> and so I hadn't come out yet. Wait, was it to get tickets or was it to just get a good seat? I got general it? admission and I wanted to be like... Was right it floor GA? Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. Oh, oh, so, so you, you were, were like, like among the first people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wanted to be right to the like I wanted to be right here with her. Were you? I, I, basically, yeah. Oh, that's I so was cool. fucking that's crazy. Amazing. I will never forget that concert. So have you seen all? We the, were like we had like our house up the whole time, huh? Did you have you seen her sense? Uh, yeah. Have um, you seen like all of the tours? I've seen <laughs> all of the tours. I also did you see Joanne? Um, yes. How was it? It was amazing. Yeah. It was fucking amazing. It was totally everything that I wanted and more. Um, you should be performing with her, Tito. She's just not aware of you. Well, (laughs) I listens to the pod, so I'm sure she's gonna... Well, Gaga, if that's the case, 
do you remember when I touched your thigh at the Do What You Want music video? Uh-oh, don't creep around. You were in the Do What You Want music video, the unreleased, never released You were? You were in the video? Yeah, so you already have performance. I wanted to see that so bad, and when she when she next it, I was like, I am so sad. It was like, probably gonna be, it was probably going to be the cameo of my life. Yeah. I, I, okay, so, back then I worked for, uh, Gaga's creative director, Marla Weinhoff. Mm. I was doing a, an internship in New York. Gotcha. Um, and I would I was taking architecture courses Sorry. in New York, and then I would after that I would do my internship with her. And at some point, this enter this opportunity came up to just be at the shoot. Yeah. And I go to the shoot, and I'm wearing my first pair of Mickey Mouse ears that I ever made. That was like it was. I just covered them in spikes everywhere. Amazing. And this is because in black. New York, black, just yeah. black with like all those spikes. Um, and then a producer takes me to the side. They're like, we really want you to be a part of the scene with her. Just like keep it together. She might ask you to like touch her thigh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and they're like, I'm here like, uh-huh. Yeah, what yeah, do you need to do? And you're like, would you just need to remove the ears and just keep the spikes because of Disney? I'm like, mm. okay, damn. You're like, damn, bye ears. Done. Are you kidding? And mind you, if it ever comes out, I mean, some documentary get, years later. I, you know, yeah, right. You'll know if it's it's true. It's a black plexiglass stage, mm. and then she's wearing a nude bodysuit with mirrors on it. And oh, very Britney toxic. Yeah, but it was like chunkier mirrors, like yeah, really for like sure. big. And the fame monster wig, like the one, the little bob thing. <laughs> yes, yes, this guys. Yes, yes. And I, I won't say anything else to not. I don't know. For some reason, I don't want to get in trouble for them. I don't know. Oh, so yeah, I, totally but I love totally it that you actually already have performed with her. So that's good. Uh, you know, in some weird, really weird, <laughs> yeah, random. Yeah, you were caught on camera with like Gaga. So, so when did Ash and Bone start? Did that start in New York? Um, yeah, it started in New York um, with a classmate. Uh, so actually, no. Uh, my first boyfriend Santos Munoz, mm-hmm. the photographer. Sounds sexy. Um, <laughs> so Santos nice. Munoz. Oh I'll tell. I'll tell him to listen to this. Um, <laughs> he's still a good friend. Um, he actually was like he was going to school with who my my partner, my creative partner is now Nathan Noise, mm-hmm. and he introduces and he was like, you two need to work together. Amazing. And he was right. That was in sort of way. I, I will never... Like, hey, what's up, Nathan? Da, da, da. And hey, that was in New York City? That was in New York City, yeah. He was going to fit him? He, or, uh, I mean, uh, that's no, here, he was sorry. going to... Uh, Nathan was going to SVA, Savannah so. College of Art and Design. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I think. Savannah. It's not Savannah. Savannah. What am I talking about? SVA is. It doesn't matter. Listeners write in. I don't know why. Somewhere in New York. Anyway. I don't know why. Yeah, when so was going. That's scad. So you, um, you started Ash and Bone in New York. Um, so we did our first project in New York City. Um, basically, we shot. A cover video for Lana Del Rey, Summertime, Sa- Summertime Sadness. Amazing. And we like shot it at um, the pier and it had this whole storyline and it featured another good friend of ours, Kelly Vosberg. And um, it was awesome. It came out so beautiful. We were like, we need to keep doing this. And then. Did you have equipment and stuff? Or? Yeah, he had. A, he's a photographer, so he had a already. Great. He's kind of like the guy with the equipment. Yeah, for sure. Um, I. Um, 
yeah, I didn't have equipment. I mean, I have my own equipment, but his his is always better. But yeah, you, totally. you use your design background and do like production design. Yeah, I I think um, with my architecture background, I focus a lot more on like composition, colors, like how the set looks. Mm-hmm. Um, though it really, and you it also really, it really does curating the, props and and yeah. clothing pieces and stuff like that yeah well. and also you know all the connections through nightlife and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, but also like um, it really does depend because there are projects where I feel like I'm like you know what I really think this needs to happen for this reason and he'll trust me on that right? or other other projects where he leads a little bit more on one end and I don't lead as much it really mm-hmm. kind of it's very organic yeah and we trust each other I think we're so kind of in tune with the vision of what Ash and Bone should be mm-hmm. that like we don't we hardly ever fight over uh, That's art- so artistic great. differences you know and did you guys shoot the first season of Dragula yes yes was it, so and that was second. all through Ash and, and Bone and all, both of them well and the first season was produced by us or I, I can't remember what the right terms I'm not gonna say the right terms that I, I can't remember right now because it's very technical and shit yeah but we were in charge of I think we were in charge of the production technically of season one season two though we became under the umbrella of Boulay Brothers productions gotcha. so we were really just working for the Boulay Brothers back right. f- but, but for season but two. still as a duo and the creative yeah well yeah well back I think more for season two we kind of like split in responsibilities a little bit more and I was mm-hmm. more in charge of some lighting stuff for the runways and things like that and it kind of became more um yeah, we were just working under the under what the Bully Brothers needed for the production. Are we building some sets right. and things? Yeah, or, yeah. Um, I was in person. I think the the production designer for that was Vander Von Odd, who was the oh, season amazing. one winner. Yeah, totally. Actually, so oh, I made your okay. props to her that's for all awesome. that. Yeah. Um, nice, well, but that's yeah. a good gig. Yeah, it was a great gig. I think we learned a lot from it. Um, I'm not working on season three anymore. I can't like juggling everything that was going on in my life was like way too much yeah this is all on top of a day job on top of a day job on top of hosting performing you know i talk about your day job at all yeah sure um i you know i I moved here kind of out of nowhere Mm -hmm. (laughs) it it, i i it was a last minute decision to um just leave the east coast and start over Mm -hmm. in la did you were you running away or were you looking for something I was look. I maybe possibly both. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I think five years of really, really gray weather um, mm. really gets to you, and I was like really seriously struggling with like depression. And Ithaca is a tough city to oh, live through God, the yeah. winter in. It's very tough, and it's it's I a gorgeous Cornell in February, and I was like, no fucking, fucking way. way am I going here. It's you know it's 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 funny it's like you work so hard to like I worked so hard my whole life to get into the number one school and uh, of what I wanted to do mm-hmm. and when I chose architecture I was like I want to go to number one architecture school and I got it and I fought so hard for it and once I got there I was like oh shit I like hate this place 
Yeah, I think a lot of people yeah. get depressed in Ithaca. Yeah. I mean, there's the, you know, people throw themselves off that bridge. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and and you walk by the bridge every day. I, it, two of them two of them happened on my third year, I think. Really? Yeah, I remember waking it's up. so sad. I remember trying to get to school and not being able to cross the bridge because yeah. they were pulling somebody from the river. We yeah. had some weird college deaths in my undergrad, too. People falling out of dorm windows and yeah, some other things. Maybe not it's, the best thing to So yeah, about. kids, whenever you choose your college, think about where you're actually going to be living in. Yes, and be careful with those dorm windows. <laughs> that those was, I think, up. one of the better things I did was visiting Cornell in February. And making the decision Just not to. getting really a sense, like, do I want to live here? And it was the answer was no. Yeah, it's just... It's and now having moved to L.A., I can't even imagine going through a winter like that. Oh, <laughs> I, that's the thing. Why? The, sec- Why? the second I was done with school, I was like, fuck this. <laughs> fuck. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Peace out. See you in four years. Specifically, I'm actually going to New York back in September. Oh, nice. After four years of not being there. How do you feel um, about oh, that? oh, right. Yeah, for, for, to go to DragCon. Yeah, to perform there, which is like kind of like everything is coming full circle now. Right, that's so um, great. But so, did you move to LA for like a theme park design job? Yes. So I hated architecture, and I knew that I wasn't going to be happy at an architecture practice. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I love I've loved theme parks my whole life. Yeah, and I like can apply like Disney World. Yeah, yeah, and I I can apply my CAD and architecture skills into a job like that and luckily within a week of me being here i found me i found myself a job that's and, amazing and you know one job leads to the next then so you do you, what so do you, you design sustained yourself with that. so actually up until last month i've been working in the theme park or in a enter, themed entertainment design business. So right? does that include organization of like queues and rides and yes. restrooms so, and yeah. flow? Mm-hmm. So, for example... I did Roller Coaster Tycoon for a long time when I was a kid, so I have a little bit of knowledge. <laughs> well, that's the thing, and that's, that's, where, that's where everybody goes to, and it's, I've, I've never played Roller Coaster Tycoon. I know what it is, and I know what it looks like. <laughs> But um, Roller Coaster Tycoon is more something that I feel like you'd be giving an engineer. Oh, um, okay. Because an engineer actually has to design the physics of what the roller coaster has to be in order for it to work. Mm, right. That's something I would never touch. Like the velocity. So what do you do? I, I work on the look and the experience design of the whole thing. That's like Roller Coaster Tycoon. Most of it is like park designing so I put the path here and I put the things here and I put the garbage cans here but it's not really gar- it's more like the pr- all the set pieces and all the it's the terrain basically so how, is it like, like, like the, the facade of it's a small world mm-hmm. that kind of stuff yeah yeah oh. yeah so or like or like so just even going through a ride how every room looks sure. like so there's a concept and you develop that concept yes. and you develop all of the visual kind of Yes. And you also well, have part to know of a team that does that, right? right but, and right, it's right, all split, right. and you, you get certain rooms. And, and But I also worked on a lot of the show set packages for that. Have you heard of the... I don't know why I'm mentioning this, but if you, there's a um, uh, like a distillery um, downtown called Lost Spirits. 
mm-hmm. and they do a little bit of a ride around their distillery. Oh, and like is it each, a roller coaster? No, but you it's get so you slow. get into like a little boat type thing, mm-hmm. and they they create illusions that you're going into different rooms, and oh. then you get out, and then they like give a talk. The cave, yeah. They make rum and whiskey, and Work. they give a talk about about these things, but. Like they must have worked with a company like yours oh, I'm sure. to, to I've, design. I, I've it. done a couple of different kinds of companies. Like the first one, worked on uh, Fox World Dubai, which was a theme park for Fox in Dubai. Does it still? Oh, of um, which ended up <laughs> ended up not happening because mm. those projects next at at any given moment, you know. Right. But basically, some sultan says no. It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> they've got a lot of unfinished yeah, yeah, um, and then after that I worked for ASDI which is American Scenic Design which does uh, show set packages for Disney and Universal cool um, so I, I mostly worked on the show set packages for like Nintendo Land rides uh, I can't say that anymore Nintendo Land that's been announced <laughs> so, I was about to spill some more tea and I was like I ah, I'll get sued for millions is Nintendo Land going to be a part of in, in Los Angeles? yes, yes. <gasps> cool I love Nintendo yeah. Yeah. well we don't have to we don't have to go any details about yeah, but that. So Nintendo Land stuff doing that at different places up until a month ago and then what happened then? then after after that I've been working this year with another company called Retroactive that did other projects that I can't talk about um, so what's it like balancing the nightlife with the day life and like this these like day jobs with like very hard. going out and very hard and very exhausting and I think that's why yeah, over the last like month twenty four seven yeah literally oh yeah, that when you I sleep I slept I I felt like it was three years and especially with the Dragula years um, where I literally wasn't breathing mm-hmm. you know and um, over the last month I've decided to just focus on working as really working really hard on making freelancing happen for myself where I can make my own schedule and I can like um, really split my time how I want to yeah um, I feel like I've caught a certain kind of momentum with performances now and it's really hard for me to let go of that yeah. but if I go into a day job that's gonna require a lot from me then that's gonna sacrifice that's gonna get yeah. compromised. Yeah, if you keep it freelance, that's good. So I'm, I'm, I'm working really hard towards that and taking as many gigs as possible. And luckily, thank the gay gods, they are booking me. So Yes, queen. Uh, um, no. you put on a show. And you do a lot of work with Boulay Brothers, right? Yes, yes, yes. Love them. They they really... You just performed with them at, at uh, DTLI Proud. Mm-hmm. How'd it go? Oh, great. Great. Yeah. I was so and nervous. And were you part of that One-Eyed Monster show? Too? Yeah. Yeah. I wish I'd gone, but like I I was spent. Girl, I was spent too. <laughs> I don't even know how I made that happen. Literally, I was like, I left downtown proud. My whole body was aching. Went home. Dropped off a lot of the shit that I was um, using for the show. Had to basically reapply my makeup because mm-hmm. I was melted. Yeah. <laughs> Ate a little bit of... Something and then we'll head straight back to downtown LA to do one night monster up until three in the morning. Mm. Oh my <laughs> so, god. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. And then showed up again on Sunday. And then showed up again. Then I had brunch. I was I I performed at brunch. Oh you what worked at brunch? Yeah, oh my god. I read line. 
Oh, yes, yes. I haven't been to their brunch. Is yeah. it good? Uh, or it's fun, yeah, fun, it's, fun performance. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's super great. I love it. Uh, Rubella Spreads hosts it. It's called Shenanigans. I need to I check saw, it out. What I, time? And then I saw you that night at Precinct, and just like of your own accord being there. <laughs> well, it's kind of, you reach a point where you might as well just You might on. as well just finish it. You're like right there. I hear you. Because like I finished that, then I went to Downtown Proud to work a booth, and then after the booth, uh, I knew that there was a show happening that night at Precinct. I was like, I'm going to go eat at Precinct. It'll... You know, I can just eat I can there, eat, see the show, see a, see a show, and then go home and pass out. Was that Sunday night? Yeah, you know, I gave up. I yeah, didn't you, go to precincts. You, Eric went. I said, down. "I have to go to sleep." I get yeah. it. I, but um, <laughs> I, listeners, if you if you like listening to our podcast and like the guests that we have on. Go to precinct because you'll mostly meet like a there. lot of them. Yeah, we, we, for sure. I, you know, I saw you know uh, Tito sitting at a table with the Hound um, when I came up and said hello to them, and Derek Wanker was there, and um, <laughs> we are boys. always there. We are always precinct fam. I moved here about four years ago. And I've been going out on the east side downtown scene. So, yeah, you guys are all, like, such, like, a staple. I love it. And I love it's so great that everybody's downtown. kind of emerging and kind of, like, really growing into these, like, um, really successful um, kind of, like, careers. It's oh, awesome Oh, and Meatball was there? Oh, yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's this, like, beauty about um, what's happening in downtown LA right now. Me too. I think there's so a, much better than West Hollywood. Fuck that shit. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> West Hollywood. I don't. That's I don't want to throw shade. Um, but it's just you know what? It's like there's nothing new and exciting. Like West Hollywood has been the same for like years and years. There's like something new will pop up. I like Revolver. Whatever. I'm not trashing the entire. I don't go because um, I don't really enjoy my. I don't enjoy the whole experience as much as I enjoy it in downtown. It's becoming like more of a little bit of a, like a gay theme park and straight people come to visit what they think gay nightlife yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. But Whereas you can't have culture without just some sort of There's place. something real right. and organic and celebratory about what's happening downtown. It's very hard that I centered. love being in. Um, I, I think, I think I really do think that it comes from the fact that there's a lot of people that it's kind of like the planets aligning mm -hmm. like a lot of people that moved here at the same time I think yeah a lot of people that had similar interests that are manifesting them at the same time and can collaborate and, are, um, and, and many are living downtown yes in a, a community of people that literally made the three bars or four with with Jalisco um happen yeah. yeah um and it's people that you know from the community that like literally built those bars like i remember seeing so many people that you see out now literally putting the tiles down a preset i know um, I, I mean um, i've known thor for i mean r.i.p I mean, how so like, sad but i've known him for many years like we used to hook up back in the day oh years and years ago um, and I just remember when he was managing uh, Fault Line and talking about building this bar downtown. I mean, I was so supportive of it, you know, but I was also like, that's bold. Like, you think people are going to go down there? Like, there wasn't anything. There wasn't this community. And now in the last three years, 
I mean, I, DTLA Proud was huge, you it's know, three it's day like, event. Yeah, and it's and it I something in that downtown community is welcoming it because I mean they've made Pershing Square available to it. Well, and let's be honest, that's the best thing that happens to Pershing Square all year. Oh, that that festival this year I was like I've never seen Pershing Square look so good. I used to have, I used to work down there and I don't think I've ever been inside Pershing Square there's no reason like maybe yeah. maybe I cut across it to walk or something yeah, right? I walk I, through I, it sometimes you know but it's supposed it. to get all redone redone I don't know what's happening with that but there were plans I want to say last year that went through they want to make a restaurant and a couple mm. other things change all so things. Tito anyway. is a part of that whole scene you know DTA. organically it, it literally happened out of I it's crazy. It's like I when I moved here, I did what every gay does once they move here, that you go towards Hollywood because that's mm-hmm. where the gays are, right? Yeah. yeah. And I did my good six months of it. Um, I experienced it. I saw some shit that was like way too much for me, and I reached a point where I was like, I don't think I can be around this anymore. Yeah. You know, there were some there's just like some shit that I like I can't I couldn't tolerate. Mm-hmm. And it then <laughs> there's a lot of intolerable shit going on. Well, yeah, it's it. like when you are at a party, it sits in the morning, and somebody's like legit uh, having like a mini seizure or whatever, the falling out or whatever the fuck, and you see yeah. everybody Snapchatting him instead of helping him. Oh my oh god! god. You reach a point where you're like, oof, I don't think I should be associated with these people. I just don't feel right. Um, I'm not saying it, that's always Hollywood. There's a lot of promoters that I love and a lot of performers that I adore from West Hollywood. That's yeah. Like, shout out to Melissa B. Fierce. Shout out to, like, Sam Ortiz. Like, there are some really fucking great characters over there. It's just that the, big, the bigger culture of it is too much for me. Yeah, um, you can get a little swallowed up. You made me think of something, though, because, like, when I... I, I think it just, like, it was happenstance that... I moved here, I was working on a film, and I was living in Malibu, but then when I, like, first got a place, it was in Silver Lake. Right. And it's just because of that, that just because that's where I was living, I discovered gay nightlife in Silver Lake, much mm-hmm. more than West Hollywood. So, you know, I, I, there was the Eagle, and Fault Line, and a place called Cuffs, and all the, these other places in the West 90s, in the late 90s, um... And then also, and Drag Strip 66, mm-hmm. um, which was so much fun. I mean, it, it, I think it closed probably before you moved here, but um, yeah, like incredible things were happening, you know. You, you know what there. That, that changed everything for me? I was coming out of a, some work networking event thing after, after work, and I was like really sick of my day, and I saw that Sean Morales was mm-hmm. doing his underwear night um, at Fault Line that he yeah. used to have at Fault Line I used to go there all the time so I <laughs> I literally I I showed up and I was ordering a drink and he came up to me and we started talking and the rest of the night was literally just us in a corner just shit talking for hours <laughs> shot after shot after shot he's so and much fun I love we Sean. literally hit it off from the second we met and within a month, he was having me host at one of his parties. Then it became two. Then it became all of them. 
That's amazing. And he really is like, if I were to call, I don't have a drag mom, but if I were to call a drag dad anybody, it's really Sean. He was kind of like the person that really put me out there and really like exposed me to everybody. Yeah, for sure. And then one day he's like, you should perform. Because he saw me like being extra gay in my apartment at one of my after parties (laughs) and just like fucking lip syncing to, I don't know, probably Gaga. Right. And he was like, you need to perform. I'm like, really? Me? <laughs> you don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> and, so then he booked you for something? Um, he told Chris Bowen, um, who throws Bears in Space. Right. And right. my first booking ever was a Bears in Space. Was that like two That's years Which ago? is a good gig. It's a great and gig. I feel like everybody's like, what the fuck? Was that like summer of 2016? <laughs> Probably, yeah. Wait, uh, no. 2018, 20... Fuck, no. Two years ago? 15. 15. 2015. Okay. Yeah, because I graduated 2014, and it was that next summer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was my first booking ever. And after that, I started, like, going to learn the words, bitch. Mm-hmm. The Tony Soto. Yes, I saw... I was Tony Soto, another guest. Who I was, was at the very first... That Sunday night. I was at the very first... Um, <laughs> and watched you perform. Yes. I watched Derek Wanker perform. That was my second yes. ever performance. I saw So that. you were there for my second show. I have show. seen you perform probably like 30 <laughs> times. <laughs> <laughs> Through the whole thing. Yeah. I've been there in the audience. I love how Sean made that happen. That's really cool. And yeah. you've really grown. Oh my God, I saw you perform at Precinct doing that number with the... Uh, you had the video of the cross on the wall oh, and the, all of that. That was so epic. The gay Jesus. Yes, it was so I good. Think we it were was both an, there. It was another level. The yeah. crowd was just like on fire. You were on fire. Oh, that makes it so it was so amazing. It was really great. You really do electrify a crowd. Oh, it's really, thank it's you. It's fun to watch. Thank you. I there are many times where there you know, there's a lot of self doubt that goes in through this process. I feel like at the beginning. I was getting the response from the crowd. I was getting the love from the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was getting the love from, like, my immediate friends. But I felt like drag queens were, like, totally, like, the fuck does what he think? Oh, the like fuck does, kind of what, like, what is this little boy thinking that he can he can come over and t- take my gig and, you know, <laughs> no hair, barely any makeup, you know, like, just, like, do doing what I do. Yeah. And all I, right, Mickey Mouse ears. All oh, right, yeah, yeah, a little, little fucking nugget. I don't... No, literally, I, I remember the shade and the eyes, and I feel like it's taking some time for me to, like, also grow, because I was a young baby performer, too. We yeah. all go through our baby... Sure. They all went through their baby queen, you know. Yeah. There's, all, there's that time where you're, related, you're trying to figure it out. Sure. And then you reach a point where you're like, I know what I do now. You know, yeah, uh, and I feel like it's taken time and consistency of constant, like making the best shows I, I could but I ever feel like do. A lot of that drag community has really embraced you. Oh, now I feel all the love all the time now. Yeah, mm-hmm. now yeah. now it it's a different story now. Three like three years later, you know. Yeah, you had to put the work in. I had, you know, you have to pay your dues, and you have to take those tip spots at the beginning, and you have to, you know, work on your networking, learn from your networking. Mm-hmm. Don't get, you know too carried away like there's a lot of like things that you learn through nightlife and a lot in the social interactions of it all and you know how people read you and you know just being honest and clear and 
direct and just committed to your art and not giving a fuck about what people are saying. Yeah. Just giving a fuck about what I the audience think, wants. Yeah, I think I would think it would be a little difficult. Like if if, if your milieu is bars and, and there's a lot of drinking going on, it, it networking can be a little complicated, you know, yeah. I would think, you know, because like you never know what Come on, how the world networks drunk. How you're catching someone and like where they are. Yeah, and it's like also, you know, mind you it's dark. Um, so, and That's imagine, funny. imagine like I'm like doing a gig and my, I have like my contacts on, I can barely move my eyes cause like they're covered in stones. Um, <laughs> my right. peripheral vision is like, you know, this, it's, it's just like smaller. And so I am like constantly kind of like having to like look really wide. Mm-hmm. Um, it's dark. We, there's a lot of drinks in our system. But yeah. Drag queens change their look all the time. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes they'll come up to you in boy form, and then they'll be like, "Oh, you don't remember me? We've talked this many times." I'm like, "Girl, oh, it's so hard. How sometimes. can I keep up? Like, I, so different. You know, I try my hard. I'm great with faces. I will always say hi, and I feel like I will try to remember faces as hard as mm-hmm. I can, but." Keeping up with memes all the time. Networking is hard. I sometimes I see a drag queen and I will scroll, scroll, scroll through her shit to try to find a boy picture because I'm like, what does this girl look like out of drag? (laughs) Right. Well, a lot of them aren't putting that out. Yeah, no, I know. That's part of the illusion, I suppose. And maybe you want some anonymity. Anonymity? Anonymity. You want maybe some anonymity to it, which is totally fair. Yeah. Yeah. So what's nice. next, Tito Soto? Oof. Um, you're going to DragCon. You're I, in New York. I'm super excited. Are I these the first performances in New York that you're doing? Yes. These are my first performances. So it's, exciting. It's literally kind of like... I remember... Being, Aside from the unreleased Do What You Want video. That ex-boyfriend, <laughs> oh Munoz, should come see you. Oh, he's going to... He'll, he'll, <laughs> he'll be there. He'll be there. He'll be there. Yeah. You better be there. Yeah. Santos, Mu- Santos Munoz. <laughs> I forgot his first name, but there it is. Yeah. He, uh, no, yeah, I remember telling him and I remember telling all my friends when I lived in New York, like, ugh, I just wish, like, this was like at the beginnings of, this one, like, I feel like this was like, what season was, was going on on Drag Race when, like, four years ago? No, season five, six, seven. No, no, it was, it's ten, so it was season six, maybe. Uh, so okay, was, so the Bianca the, the Rio season. Maybe Bianca Del yeah. after that, Bob the Drag Queen, or right. whatever. Yeah. Or whatever, <laughs> like you're way off. You're like, or whatever. <laughs> oh my god! I just remember watching all that shit and telling all my friends, like, I just wish I could lip sync as a boy so badly. Mm-hmm. Like, I would say that. I remember it so vividly because I would come down from like the stairs that would, that would um take you to where I used to live in New York, which was mm-hmm. a four foot tall space. Oh my god! On top of a bedroom. Where everybody stored their luggage. That's where I lived in New York, for for when I on a little platform. On literally, it was this. I would have to get on a on a little stair, that would t- on a little ladder, that would take me to the space, and I would crawl into my bed. That sounds like a classic New York. Oh dear. Okay. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> that's it, no literally, and I would, I would come down at lip syncing to Gaga. <laughs> And telling everybody that I want to live because of the boy so badly. So to be coming back now to New York. Um, Where are you going to be performing there? I think I'm at Metro on Wednesday. Yeah. On the Wednesday um, of. I think the Friday before DragCon. 
not not the Friday of Dracon, but the one before. I'm at Be Cute, which is Horchata's party. Oh, cool! And are then, you gonna be there on a Tuesday night at all? I think I'm free Tuesday, but I will go be to Strat. It's, okay. It's a, it's a it's a downtown. It's it's at a place called Under Acme. Okay. Amanda Lepore is always there. Okay. Um, it's it's super fun. Like oh, cool. just like for your own fun, go to Strat. Okay, for sure. I'll send you a little link to it. For sure. And this will have already happened. And I'll have, by the time listeners no, will no, listen to it'll this. be coming up. It'll be this coming is up. End of September. Oh, this is end of September. Yeah. Oh, so anybody in New York that's listening. These are all these are these are all things that are good for them to know. Perfect. But I'll, I'll perfect, have perfect. someone put you on a list at Strut. Oh my God! Thank you. <laughs> I'm going into other lands, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have the privileges I have here. We're not in Kansas anymore, Hanny. <laughs> Well, it's been so much fun having you yeah. on. Oh my god, it's gone by so fast. I know, it's been an hour. Jesus. It's been an hour plus. Wait, damn. <laughs> and if people want to talk, uh, follow you, they can look up. Yes, yeah, so you can find me at, at Tito Ashbone. Perfect. Yes. On Instagram. On Instagram. Yeah. On Facebook, you can find me as T, T space toe. T toe. T space toe. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. It's been great. And thank you, listeners, for Thanks, listening listeners. to another podcast. Feel free to comment or email us. Yes. At, what is our email address? Our email is thisishappeningthepodcast at gmail.com. You yeah. know, we, we'd love to hear from you, anything. Whoever is the first listener to send us an email will read it aloud <laughs> on the podcast. We've had a few comments on social media, and, and I certainly run it. I, I literally do run into people as they are listening to the podcast sometimes. Mm-hmm. Which I appreciate. But, That's amazing. Um, Plus our Jakarta listeners, shout out to all of you. Apparently there's people in Indonesia listening to this, according <laughs> to SoundCloud. I don't know. Um, so remember, <laughs> rate us five stars, leave a good comment, or don't bother. And uh, yeah, thank you. Bye. Thanks, bye.